kind of regularly forgot that I had cancer. It's part of who I am. The person you are in the hospital is not the person after you're told you're cancer free is not the person you are years later. You can have a new life. You just have to stop giving into the one that you don't want anymore. I don't know if you're going to see this voice moment, but I thought I was happy. Are, are you happy? I'm not happy at all. The question is, are you happy? Are you happy? I'm the happiest I've ever been happy? right now. P.S. Be the person who you'd want to meet because somebody needs you. Welcome to Are You Happy? The Happy Hour. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Are You Happy? Podcast. We are so happy to bring to you the most amazing gentleman. You're going to love him. Edward Mitski is a cancer survivor of 10 years, but... But he's also a newly published author and was featured on ABC. And on the day of this interview, he was featured on Insider. So his article dropped the very same day that we got to meet with him. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Edward Mitski here on Are You Happy Podcast. Hello. Well, hello. How are you? Doing well. So tell me, how long have you been working in sound? Well, okay. So this is such a weird, when people Mm. are like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I don't know because I do so much. I'm trying to get better at this. So for all intents and purposes of like why I'm here and all that, I'm an author. Mm -hmm. I have written a book. It has been published. And you get to be the first person I talk to because I haven't been able to talk about this yet because it hasn't happened. But today it happened. And so I get to say it. And that is that a feature article about me and my book just landed on Insider this morning. I've been kind of glowing about it all day long. What's the article about? It's about me. But it's it's, so as are all things with publicists and Mm. articles, etc. It's about this very specific second of my cancer journey, which was when I first found out that I had it. One of my, whom I presumed was best friends, left, like disappeared, didn't speak to me ever again, and still to this day. And then I was dating a guy at the time who a couple months into my treatment broke up with me. And it's about that, <laughs> that glorious roller coaster of a time. The whole purpose of it was like, you know, brand building, personal brand mm-hmm. building and like getting mm-hmm. a book out there and my face on Insider, which is amazing. I want the blue check. <laughs> Give me the blue check. I'm not paying for it. I will not. <laughs> oh my God. I just got finished telling someone today. I'm like, you know, we work so hard. Give me that jet money. I don't need the jet. Give me the jet money. Yeah, I don't want the jet. Just give me the, give me the money. My grandmother, Give me the jet money. Got, my grandma has asked me so many times times if I wanted to go to college because I didn't I like moved to New York and I was like fuck college I'm not going so glad in hindsight that I didn't because oh, you're Jesus so lucky. Christ, I'd rather have yeah I'd rather have credit card debt credit card debt <laughs> is much more manageable <laughs> but she, she's always like are you sure you don't want to go I'll pay for it and I'm like no oh, just write wow. me a check write me a check yeah. for however much it would cost for me to go to college because I can eighty thousand dollars with, that than yeah. I with a college yep. degree right fork it over mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> as, as big of a pipe dream as that is but all of this to say that I'm an author. I'm a writer. The way in which I work in sound is, you know, I've been in music my whole life. My dad's a musician. Sure. Right. And I was in recording studios from the time I was like five. And yeah. I have transitioned that over into my adult life where I do recording with my own music. But like this song is a song that I grew up with. It's it's a band that my dad recorded back in the early 90s. I was like five mm-hmm. or six years old. Mm-hmm. And there were two songs they recorded on this demo in our house that mm. have stuck with me for 30 years wow. and it's like it's like family lore like well if one of yeah. us starts singing a line from this we all know what it is and we all love this song and uh-huh. so i there was this crazy happenstantial thing that happened where i was talking about this woman 
And because to me, as a six-year-old, she looked like this tall, like busty Barbie doll blonde woman that was very mm-hmm. heavy hairy at the time. Mm. And I was just like, whatever happened to her? Like, I would absolutely love to cover this song. Like, nothing would make me happier to turn yeah. this into like a digital, like, like epic dance pop anime style song. My dad found her. I reached out to her on Facebook and Instagram, and I never heard back from her. It's like, okay, well, she she probably doesn't use it. Like, whatever. A couple of weeks later, my dad calls me. He's like, guess who reached out to me? And I was like, who? And it was this woman. I'm going to put her in touch with you. Here's her number. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell her, you know, she, know, she knows to expect you. And so I talked to her and I was like, did you see my messages on Facebook and Instagram? She's like, no, I reached out to your dad for something completely different. They haven't <laughs> spoken in 30 years. Wow. Um, they haven't talked to each other in 30 years at all. And so, you know, she went and looked at my messages on Instagram and she was like, I just got chills. This is too weird. Mm. Like, what is the kismet of all of this? And so she gave me permission to record the song and it's going to be amazing. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. All these amazing things. And I'm so happy for you. And I didn't even know you. How awesome is that? When you have like this stranger that's like, oh, I'm in in love with this. I, I like this. Yes. All the things, you, it's all working. So, so happy for you. It's all working. Thank yeah, you. It's I like it it's it's one of those things where you just have to decide that you're going to kill it, right? Like, yes. Yes. I think we spend we all spend a lot of time in this place where it's like, oh, I want all these things and I want to do all these things, mm. and then we don't do a whole lot to get all of the things. Mm. And I'm fully guilty of that. I'm not speaking about this from a place of like, oh, all the commoners <laughs> and the inaction. <laughs> um, it's because I've done it. <laughs> I've fucked up for 30 years. And so I am here to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so, you know it, in all of that, hard. that fuck up a reach, there's, there's some, you know, there's some life lessons in there. And there's some really, I'm sure there's some things that taught you things about yourself and how you could go further than what you thought you could. And you probably surprised yourself, I would imagine, right? Along the way. Yeah. Maybe? Well, I mean, like kind of this whole like cancer disaster was was a prime example of that you know up until that point i was i was only 24 years old when it showed up i was 25 when i was diagnosed and Mm -hmm. you know i was just like you know you have that like chip on your shoulder asshole early 20s thing i'm invincible and i can do anything early 20s were good to me i think that's a common (laughs) sentiment that we all have so like in in early 20s like cancer cut me down a few pegs obviously and you know, being able to get through that with the help of some amazing doctors and medical teams and everything else. Like that was kind of the thing that surprised me that, oh, I could get through this. Like, Mm. wow. Okay. I lived. Go me. How did that feel? How did that feel, you know, kind of like coming from this really high up, amazing, brimming personality and then being faced with something like that that just says, I'm going to like stand in front of you and block out your view of your entire future. Like, well, what was going through your mind and heart at that time? I mean, I think the initial reaction was shit. Cause like I had some career traction, like I was a working actor and I, like it was right around this time that I was starting to get the attention of larger casting houses. And then I had to disappear for the better part of a year and I feel like I lost a lot of that momentum. And there is part of me that I guess that's like a little resentful of that because it's like, fuck, where would I be if I just would have stayed a hot 24-year-old with like all these mm. people calling me mm. instead of like turning into a fucking turtle. I always say that I look like a tortoise or like Mitch McConnell during that period of time. It wasn't weird to have this yeah. thing that was like eclipsing the path in front of me and wanting to like run forward as fast as I could, but not being able to. And And for years, I had these dreams where I was trying to run and mm-hmm. I, like 
wasn't going anywhere and it felt like I was being held by my limbs while I was running and I couldn't like I was moving forward but it was really hard mm-hmm. and I, st- I stopped having those dreams but that was definitely like kind of why I was having them I think so then what happened I guess to like change or transform or pivot the situation is it treatment or was it some somebody coming into your life and saying hey snap out of it you can do this like what what got you to that next point it was not me <laughs> it was it was definitely like the medical team was amazing during that period of time you know like i wouldn't obviously wouldn't be alive without them and i did everything i possibly could to not be alive you know like i mm. you know not that i was suicidal or anything like that you know but close but i would drink my way through chemo which is not i don't know i was like going out and hooking up with strangers like when i had absolutely mm-hmm. no immune system to speak of i was like getting mm-hmm. on airplanes and traveling to see friends and going into the ocean which i got a parasite from because i had absolutely no immune system whatsoever i created a lot of problems for myself during that period of time and so the fact that i survived beyond that is kind of like ooh. How did this yeah. happen? Because I did everything I could not do. Do you ever think that maybe that you did everything you could as a way to like just try to deal or try to just like distract yourself from what's going on like inside? Absolutely. I mean, a hundred percent they were coping mechanisms because when when you go through something that traumatic and that life altering, the only thing you want to feel is normal. And, you know, our brains are wired in a way, and I, I can't say that this is an original thought. I actually got this from my boss, where, mm-hmm. like, your brain is wired in a way that, like, you survived yesterday. So whatever worked yesterday, your brain wants to do today because you lived through yesterday. And mm-hmm. so any kind of change that happens today, our brain sometimes can be like, oh, I don't want to. Again, like that period of time with this huge roadblock where I didn't want change and I didn't want my life to be different than it was, and I didn't have a choice. It was either that or die. I w- did everything I could to feel normal. And that included like drinking and hooking up with people and traveling and doing all the things to a- adhere myself to normalcy because I-, I didn't look it. I looked like fucking shit as compared to what I had looked like going into it. You know, it was it was a dark, dark coping mechanism and i certainly like i'm able to look back and laugh at it now and be like <laughs> you silly little kid it's so dark yet it's profound and it's interesting because it speaks to you know a lot about you and what you were going through so i don't think there's not one person that would even remotely say oh you did that that's silly it's like no you had to do at the time what you had to do you know regardless of what whether it was good or not but we're glad that you're here. There are people out there who would who judge and have judged me and what I did. It's so funny when like even even to this day, I just had someone on TikTok the other day tell me that they were bummed that I survived cancer. You know, what? Like people say oh, dumb heck shit like no. That. Oh yeah. People That's say dumb. I know, but people say dumb yeah. shit like this all yeah. the time. And and <laughs> through this period of time, like through my treatment, having hearing s- stuff like this come at me from people sure. that I knew. You know, yeah. after the fact, because I was I was very private. I didn't tell anyone about it. My family knew, my closest friends knew, and that's kind of it. That's hard. Um, but then it, it was actually really great. You know, I had mm-hmm. a very, very strong network of people around me, and they made it so easy and fun mm. in some ways. But, you know, it kind of allowed me to see that when people are saying stuff like that, it's because they're looking at you from a subconscious lens of, I can't do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it makes them feel insecure to see you succeed. 
and to see you kick ass. Like, I'm sure, like, this insider article nonsense, I am sure that within the next week or two, I'm going to get some hate mail or, like, a text from someone that's, like, a sideways compliment. Oh, Lord. Because it yeah. just always happens, you know? And it's when yeah. it's when you you, you rattled the fences and, yeah. you know, people get mad because you're making some noise because they don't, like, change. You're not falling in line with what their perception of you is. You know what you should do? When they when this happens, you should Tell just me. send a thank you note and smiley face and be like, oh my God, thank you. And they're like, no, no honey, so I was cutting you down. Oh, but thank you. Kill <laughs> them with kindness. Kill them with kindness. It works. This is, it I mean, works. that's that's a level of petty that I'm here for. I would maybe <gasps> even take a, you. a step further and like show up somewhere that they're going to be and be like, right? oh my God, the thing, and like bring them a cookie and be like, thank you so much for your kind words. Get a t-shirt made up. <laughs> I mean, I've thought about it. Mm-hmm. It's a bad time right now because of this article and this book and everything else to be an ex or the friend that like left, oh left in the middle of my diagnosis. It's not a wow. good time for them. You know? Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure I'm probably giving myself too much credit. I'm not living in their head rent free, but like there's all these references <laughs> to these trash people in podcasts and articles you, and God. the book and everything. Hashtag trash pandas. You know, <laughs> yeah trash panda burn it down burn it all down <laughs> well i'm happy for you and i think it's great so they're just gonna have to do because it's just you know the price of being in your awesome life that's they're part of the life in some respect and it'll be a tiny note that everyone just kind of looks past but you know it's what it is You're well in- that's the other thing too i'm um, i am baffled when i see people who are going out of their way to be awful to people like i don't have time to be awful yeah even if i wanted to be which i don't for right record, but like yeah i don't want to be but also i don't i don't want to expend that kind of energy on that shit like i'm busy i got shit to do like i don't i don't need to be up in your business and tell you that you're trash like like, i i know you are and that's enough for me like i'm gonna keep moving like i got i'm busy (laughs) so did you always like i guess kind of like rally yourself and kind of like feel good about yourself for the most part i guess like not during that dark period okay so then how how did you evolve to this awesome vehicle that you are? <laughs> well, I mean, I've mentioned this prior, not here, but in other places. It hit me so hard and resonated so hard with me when I was in my early 20s, late teens. I don't even know when the song came out, but there's Marina and the Diamonds, now Marina. And she has this song called Oh No. And one of the lines. Oh, yes. Of course. Song, yeah. Do you know it? Oh, it's yeah. so good. The music yeah. video is epic. Go look it up. It's so good. Yeah, the original. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a line in the song that says, I feel like I'm the worst, so I always act like I'm the best. And that's kind of what that's kind of how I lived my life mm, for a lot of it. Like up until up until now, sometimes even, you know, like I don't think there's I think this idea of like feeling amazing about yourself 24-7 doesn't exist. I think that's mm. something that like some people will like carry that narrative for whatever reason. But I just think that kind of falls under the umbrella of toxic positivity. It's okay to not feel good about yourself. It's yes. how you get yourself out of that place that matters. And, Say it for the people you know, in the back. Like, <laughs> it's how you get out of it that matters. But like I did, I did feel like absolute shit about myself for a really, really long time. And and I could get into the origins of that and why for hours and hours and hours, but we don't have the time. And I don't want to bore people with my origin stories of growing up in Amish country. I was not Amish, but we were surrounded by them when I was growing up. Um, and and there's nothing nothing wrong with that at all. It's just, but like, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons why I felt insecure and not good enough and, mm. you know, never felt like I was capable. But I 
I thought that if I at least pretended that I was and came across as if though I was, that I'd be okay. And that worked Mm -hmm. for me for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until recently where I really kind of started to dig into the why of all of that and get, Mm -hmm. get to the next level, if you will, Mm -hmm. of kind of being like, okay, cool. Like, I feel like shit about myself today. Why? Let's talk about that. Like where does that come from? And how can you get past it? Because there's no point, like, I'm not old, you know, I'm 36. I always make jokes about like, I'm rickety and falling apart. I'm not like 89 years old. It's like this idea that like, it's too late for me. And I'm, even if I was 80, like my favorite is like some old bitch who's like getting her shit together Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. she's 80. Like, that's just, I love that. My great, my grandmother, her husband died, I think 15 Mm. years ago now. And when we moved her into a nursing home in independent living, it was the first time she was, she lived in, in the woods. And it was the first time that she was around people like that lived nearby her forever. Right. And at like, I think what is, what? She's 97 now. So I think like 92 or 93 years old, she was like making new friends and becoming the belle of the ball of this new place. Wow. Oh my God. It's just my favorite to watch. She's the greatest. So your family seems amazing. Oh my God. Is your mom like an astronaut? Your dad is a musician. Your grandma's the belle. You're like this, like, you know, Ford said that says, oh no, you will not keep me down. No, I'm amazing. And and you know it. And then, so tell me about your mom's. My mom is, she puts us all to shame, honestly. She wanted wanted to be a concert pianist growing up, and her dad said, fuck no. She's still, you know, we'll dibble-dabble on the piano a little bit, but she ended up going to pharmacy school at Duquesne University. And, you know, my parents have been together since the 10th grade. My dad followed her to college because she's a year older, and, like, you know, they got married and whatever, but she is a pharmacist and she has been a pharmacist as long as I can remember. You know, she worked for my grandfather. He owned a chain of pharmacies around the country, well, Northeast specifically, until he retired in his 70s. <clears throat> and then she went to retail and now she works at a VA, like running the pharmacy. Like she's, wow. she's the boss babe. Does she still so, play? She does from time to time. It makes me a little sad because she used to play every week and she oh, doesn't wow. anymore. And so mm-hmm. I have like secret wants that I'm probably going to like act upon where I buy her music all the time so that it yes, kind of stacks up and there's like yep. pressure and expectation for her to play because she was great. Yeah. You know, she was very, very good. And she's one of the reasons why we all kind of have this music theater bug situation. Yeah. Because we were exposed to it early and, you know, it got into our veins and made us. Oh, oh totally. Yeah. It totally gets in your blood. That's so true. I'm a musician as well. I've been playing for years and years, and my family's musicians, my cousins had their own band and traveled all over. But it's just, uh, when you're on a stage and you're playing, it's nothing. There's nothing like it. Um, But yeah, maybe you buy duets. What do you play? You guys can play. I play flute and I play piano as well, but I play more, flute is a primary instrument. And then I I direct an orchestra. I'm not the conductor, but I like run the whole program. So. Oh, God, amazing. It's insane. Yeah. And then I do film and video podcasts and all this stuff and work with Are You Happy, the bestest docking series in the world. <laughs> so funny. Well, also, I, I will tell you, my, my older sister, brilliant. She has a doctorate in voice. She went to uh, Eastman. She also, flute was her primary inter- instrument. Yes. Plays sister. Oh, and that's teaches amazing. Yoga. Like, she's such a queen. Like, both my sisters are. They're amazing. But yes. You, flute. on paper, sound very much like my sister. Oh, yes. Us flute, us, us flautish? Oh, man. We are like a cut. Cut above. Like, seriously. Oh, my God. Truly. I mean, you have to be. 
So wait, let me ask you a question because I feel like this could go sure. either way because you're in classical, but how do you feel about Lizzo? Oh, dad, that's a good question. You know what? No one's ever questioned me about that. Well, initially I was like, great. Now everyone's going to associate flute playing with this before it was American Pie. And now it's this. But now I'm kind of like, you know what? She, she has some really nice skills. And if she can like encourage other people to play the flute, then hey, it's all good. So I'm, I'm cool with her. I think she's great. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I was kind of on that train from the beginning. Mm. I used her as an example for a lot of what I talk about because I also kind of teach like content creation for people who kind of don't feel like they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, how to, th- how, to, how to think about content creation and how to like specific to TikTok, but it transfers across all platforms. And mm-hmm. I use her as, as an example. She doesn't give a goddamn fuck what anyone has to say, think, or do about her any day of the week. Yep. And it's and it's magnetizing. Oh, and the sure. The fact that she is a big black girl who plays flute and writes her own songs and does it well. And just walk, and, yeah. And does it well and walks around in a bikini because she doesn't fucking care. Mm. That is why, and it's not why, but it's why people. Great. it's everything yeah it's yeah, all yeah. It. it's my favorite thing in the whole world anytime i pop up she pops up on my tiktok and she's like shaking her ass around in a thong bikini i'm like good for you girl i will stop and watch because because could we could we all just have a fraction of the confidence that lizzo has yeah and if we did what kind of world would it be i mean you can hear there is nothing stopping you from from having that really and you do. You do now, right? I love that you are now asking yourself the why and then unpacking that and figuring out the whys. Because that's like kind of what you do in your 30s as you figure out the whys. And it makes and, you and so much stronger. And then apparently like you catapult yourself into your 40s and life is fabulous. And hopefully that turns <laughs> lots, well, of, lots of money. <laughs> so far, it's been fabulous in the 30s. I'm 39. I just turned 39 like on the 16th. So... The fact that you called yourself well, happy birthday. at 36, I'm like, whoa. Oh, uh, it's just because the body's the body has been through a oh. lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trust me. I fell down like the other day because it was raining and I fell and I'm still feeling that. I'm still feeling it. Yeah. Well, but, I, mean, I, was, uh, yeah. I, I was joke that like, you know, I had a stem cell transplant at the end of my <laughs> treatment. Right. So like mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. wiped out my entire immune system and they put a new one in. And I always joke like, oh, my immune system's turning like 12 this year. And oh, my God. And so I'm like, I'm like a little baby 12, but like the rest of my body is like, bitch, you are 92. (laughs) I think this is such an interesting conversation because I feel like I've seen this on TikTok before because where else do I get information these days? LOL, topical. But, (laughs) you know, like, I feel like I, my brain is stuck at like 24, 23, 24, which subsequently is right before cancer happening. But Oh, interesting. I don't know if it's related to that. I think it has more to do, and I'm sure that plays into it. I'm sure there's part of it that is that is that. But I think I think what I really adhere to is the fact that right around that time, shortly thereafter, was like the world blew up. Like there was the huge crash. Lehman Brothers fell apart. The, the domino. Yeah. After that. I was working for a hedge fund at the time. I didn't get the career opportunity of like having the 401k, putting money away for retirement, like buying a house, having a family, getting married, him get because we were all like pivoting and figuring what? out and like living in survival mode for like a decade. 
Yeah. And, you know, here we are again coming out of sort of a pandemic and then heading into another one. And it's just like, Jesus, fuck. Like, <laughs> why? Can I have a moment for a second? Like, just to like, yeah, and have a little normalcy. A yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that my brain is kind of trapped in that place because that is oh. usually, typically speaking, on from a societal standpoint, where you start to do those things. And millennials in general around our age didn't get to, for the most part, because everything blew up. And so it's kind of like my brain is there on pause waiting to have my 20s. But like, oh. I'm almost 40. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, let's let's figure this out. And that's kind of another reason why I am asking myself the why is because yeah. it's like, listen, kid. I know your brain <laughs> thinks it's 23, but like, let's get a move on here because AARP is around the corner. Let's go. So, good question. Are you happy? Am I happy? Again, I think this is kind of one of those weird, I don't want to say it's a weird question. It's not a weird question. I think it's one of those things where we we're talking about, do you feel good about yourself every day? No. Am I happy? No. Am I not happy? No. I'm good. And I have days that are like really wonderful. Like today with the article and everything else that's happening, today was great. And then tomorrow might not be, but it could also be amazing. And it it's not that I want to say it's dependent on what's going on in my life. I want to say that coming from to everything from a place of like being neutral, like a place of neutrality, mm -hmm. I think creates happiness. I'm not unhappy. And I think that's really the goal. Are you not, are you unhappy? great then even if you're not elated happy every single day and you fall somewhere above the spectrum of being unhappy you're winning what are some of those things that when you think about them you think of your little list of happy or un not unhappy and you smile a little bit because they just brighten you what are they creating things that are good stories that impact other people and lots of money <laughs> why do those stories that impact people make you feel good? Because why else are we here if not to make other people's lives better? Is there anybody in your life that makes your life better? Yeah. I mean, everyone. If I choose the people that are in my life and they choose me, then they are, in fact, people that are making my life better. So you would say you have a village of about a million, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Big village, small village. A million. Third Indian, the cowboy. <laughs> I got drunk with Randy Jones, the cowboy, a couple times. Shut up. Early baby twenties. Yeah, he was he was a regular on the gay club scene when I was trying to be a club kid. So, shout out to Randy Jones. He's kicking ass. Oh, but I totally. think, you know, I think it's it's a modest sized village. I know a lot of people, and I love mm. most people, but. I think that the ones that I, I choose to keep close, who also, mm -hmm. you know, in reciprocity, choose to keep me close as well. <laughs> you know, those are, the, those are the ones who are making my life better. And that includes family, you know. Have you ever come across people with their own village? And did you offer a village to them? Oh, my God. This is a pandemic realization, right? So, like, <laughs> I was super lucky. During shutdown, my best friend lived a block away from me. My other best friend lives just across Central Park from me. And mm -hmm. I had other people in my neighborhood that I was close to that were easily accessible. Mm -hmm. And so during the early days of shutdown, where we were still like wearing gloves and masks and everything outside, 
we would all meet up and do like social distance walks around the neighborhood. And I had another friend who lived farther uptown that I didn't get to see, but like once or twice during this period of time. And I was telling him about this one day and I was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to like meet up with these guys and we're going to go for a walk or whatever. Like, I'm so glad to have them. They're like my besties. And he said, you're so lucky. Not everyone has that. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, I don't have that. I don't know who I would do that with. And I was just baffled. Because like this is a person that I consider to be very well connected and very well positioned within his industry. And that was so flabbergasting to me. That was like, what in the world? Like, how do people not have their people, like their village? Like, that was so mind-blowing to me. And that is an absolutely coming from a place of privilege because I've like scrimped and saved these friendships over the years. And for the most part, all of these people of, of which I'm talking. I have been friends with for well over a decade, like probably closer to 15 years for the majority of them. And the idea that other people also don't have that, like totally blindsided me because I'm like in my little bubble circle of friends here thinking like, oh yeah, like everybody just has their own crew and and evidently that's not true. And so when he told me that, like, you know, I made, I made a point to reach out to him every so often to make sure he was okay and ask him if he needed anything and you know, we did like make a really epic walk to see each other once or twice during those years, but year, I guess. But, you know, it was it was a real shocking realization that not everyone has a village. And that is so scary to me. Yeah, it definitely is. What would be your advice to people that don't have a village? I mean, I guess the simple answer is get one. <laughs> I know that's totally oversimplified. I don't know, to be honest, because I feel like the friends that I have made that I've connected with are from a time before iPhones were as prominent or social media was as prominent as it is. And so, like, how do you meet people now? That's a question I don't really know. Like, the new friends that I have, I met on Clubhouse when that was a thing during the pandemic. <laughs> One of my closest friends, I'm doing, I'm launching a podcast with her soon. She's coming over on Sunday to record the next episode. Like, she and I met on Clubhouse. <laughs> like, so That's ridiculous. crazy. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess, like... The simple answer, I don't know if there is one, but the most obvious one to me, I guess, is like become a regular at a coffee shop, like take your laptop there and just sit or like, I mean, like work friends, I guess. I don't really know the people I've worked with in the past. I don't know if I really want to hang out with them anymore, but you know, it don't know. And that I guess that is that is also very scary to me because I live in New York City. So if there was ever yeah. a day that I was like, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave New York. It would be like, why? Like, how are you going to make friends anywhere else? You have almost 20 years of friends here. Right. Like, how would you make friends elsewhere? <laughs> to be quite honest, what I would say is that just say hello. That's it. <laughs> All you have to do is say hello to someone because odds are they are craving connection and interaction with someone too. And they literally will just say hi back and start a conversation. That's all it takes. Yeah. Well, and I agree with you for sure. But then I live in New York City and this is just where yes, my brain goes true. to. So like if someone's going to talk to me, like, what do you want? I don't have any change. I'm not going to sleep with you. Like, what do you want? And like from a women's perspective, like that can be super dangerous. And so oh, like, sure. Very true. Like, of course, it does sound like the simple answer. And of course, like, that's a great sure. start because you never know. The great start of like saying hello to someone doesn't lend you up in a dumpster somewhere. You know, not to get yeah. too too real there. But, you know, like, I think there's like resources like Meetup 
that mm. does like very like industry or genre specific meetups. I think find book clubs are like doing really, really well on in the TikTok space and in personal spaces because you create this club and then you can connect with people elsewhere. And, you know, I, as a result, Barnes and Noble is opening new stores for the first time in over a decade. That's crazy. Uh, or, or something ridiculous. Like yeah, that. Like, I right, saw that. Like, who, yeah. Like, I know Barnes and Noble is is corporate, whatever, whatever. And my book is available on it. And I'm so proud <laughs> of that fact because I, I used to hang out in Barnes and Noble when I was a poor teenager. It's it's not Amazon. And I am so happy to see them making a comeback. Brick and mortar. Yes, very much so. I worked in yeah, borders like, before they shut them down. I remember the very last day. I remember the day they told us they were closing because I was like a supervisor and we get this phone call and they say, hey, is everybody OK? And I'm like, yeah why and they're like where's your manager and i'm like i don't know <laughs> they're not here and so then we have this meeting and they're like yeah all of them are closing we're gonna get like these letters that tell us like when to start shutting things down so then they bring in like these liquidators to sell stuff and they sell literally the kitchen sink the bathroom like everything everything must go and then they bring in liquidators to sell even like extra crap from other stores so we're selling like I don't know, bathrobes and borders and all kinds of random oh crap. God. And the craziest things, but I remember locking the door for the very last time, very, very last time. And then the way that that people got released, it was so terrible because if they were part-time, they were automatically gone. If they were full-time, they got released in like droves. But then what was really kind of upsetting was that like nobody received any kind of like bonus or anything unless you were a supervisor and above. And that was just kind of messed up, I thought. Nobody knows that. So I'll probably get hit by the... <laughs> Whatever. The, yeah. I, like, there's so, like that NDA has expired. Like, you're fine. Oh, so what is next? You're in this article. You're doing amazing music stuff. You're doing great things everywhere. So what's next? Ooh, always the question, right? What's next? Okay, well, the most immediate answer for that is that I am launching a podcast with my producing partner, Sarah Seeds, who is a queen goddess of all TV and everything. She's just amazing. The podcast will be called I Want to Be a Rich Bitch. It will be available everywhere. We are oh in the process of recording it now. It is geared at those who come from meager means who are about to pop off, who are not Nepo babies or come or like so that we can have the conversation of like, how did you make it to where you are without paying for it? And kind of like removing the conversation of privilege. Now, of course, that that is always a conversation because everyone has different degrees of privilege, but it's not like the Nepo baby conversation. That is the most immediate next thing. And then the thing that is right after that is that the book in question, Cancer Musical Theater and Other Chronic Illnesses Available Barnes & Noble and Anywhere You Buy Books, is being adapted into a musical TV show. Oh my goodness. I'm working on script and music now. And once the pilot is done, we'll be ready to cart it along to the next step. <laughs> Do you ever like have a moment where you kind of just look at everything and you're like, you know, this really amazing stuff happened because something really bad happened? Yes. And it's it doesn't happen as as often as I guess you would think. If it weren't for like this book and everything happening around happening around it, up mm -hmm. until I started doing this again, I kind of regularly forgot that I had cancer. It it wasn't like this this thing around my neck, you know, it was mm -hmm. just a thing that happened. It's part of who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, just like being gay is part of who I am and being six foot four is part of who I am. It just was never this thing that was like, oh God, like ugh. until recently when I started talking about it all the time. And now it's just like the central conversation of my life. That's actually like a conversation I have a lot about how 
the person you were before your diagnosis is not the person you are in the hospital, is not the person after you're told you're cancer free, is not the person you are years later. Mm. I have died like four or five different times in that cycle Mm. and I get to be a totally different human. And I think one thing that I would like to imbue upon anyone listening is that like you can have a new life. You just have to stop giving into the one that you don't want anymore. I think that's something that we all do, you know, like that's the change thing that we were talking about before. That is incredibly profound. And thank you so much for sharing that. I know we didn't really kind of do an intro. <laughs> that's my fault. But you know what? You're an amazing guest. And thank you. Like, seriously. Oh, please, please goodness. Review me. <laughs> we will list any information for your book, for your music, social handles. Feel free to shout them out right now, but then also send me a message so I can make sure that we get them all put on your episode. Oh, for sure. So you can find me pretty much everywhere at Edward Miskey. If you want the music situation, it's anywhere you stream music. It's under Edward the First. It's very regal. It's very royal. It's very heightened. It's ridiculous, just like me. And it's you know, there, there's some bops to be had. But but yes, that is where you can find me. Oh, I love it. I think it's amazing. So. Um, just going to do our little introductions here. Welcome to the end of another episode of Are You Happy Podcast with Edward Missy, the most amazing gentleman that we've met all week. He's an author. He's a musician. He's a survivor. But above all, he is himself. And that is what we are so happy for. So Edward, thank you so much for being here. And I hope you have the best weekend of your life. The Are You Happy Hour and Are You Happy Hotline are brought to you by Are You Happy Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media such as Instagram and subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. Are You Happy, the docuseries, can also be found on social media such as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. See you guys next time for another wonderful episode of Are You Happy, the Happy Hour.